round six, last round of chemo, and it feels so surreal. So I remember waking up for it going, this is my last round. And I didn't know how to feel. Like, yes, I felt excited and elated and happy, but I was also not really sure how to feel because this has been my life since September. And you just kind of get used to it. It's kind of, it's just how it is. So I remember going to the Tom Baker and, you know, you're sitting there and like, oh, this is your last round. Yep. And there's a, when you're done your chemo, you can ring a bell if you want. So you can ring a bell to celebrate your done chemo. And they're like, so do you want to ring the bell when you're done? And I'm going to have to backtrack a bit here. Um, so I had the last meeting with my oncologist before I go, went into round six because they want to see me that one last time before going into my last round. And she was like, everything looks good. Like my numbers have been really good with my neutrophils. So my, my blood count, uh, for telling if I'm healthy and that between rounds, they've been about like they're lower cause I'm on chemo, but they've been able to bounce back quite well, which is great for being healthy and that they haven't been so low that I've had to have a blood transfusion or be in the hospital or anything like that. So and my oncologist has said in the past, I don't need to see you all the time. So this has been great news. Um, so kind of like what's next. So after, after chemo, like, what do you do? I'm so used to getting blood work done and seeing my oncologist and all that. And so she, and I, last I'd heard, I was supposed to have the CT scan in January. Well, with everything being held back the way it is, and, um, they had to cancel other people's CT scans and surgeries and that, and they're trying to get them all back in now. My CT scan isn't now till March. So it's not till March, the beginning of March. And then from there, uh, if my, I have to meet with my oncologist about a week or two after that to go over results, cause it takes quite a bit for the results to come in. And then if it is all clear, yay, and everything's good, then they'll make an appointment to take my port out. And so that could be sometime in April. A port, however, can stay in your body for up to like 12 years and it's considered a day surgery. So as much as I would like, they want, if it's all clear, they'll make an appointment to get it out. It all, again, depends on how hospitals and COVID and all that are looking way into April. We don't know, but ideally, we if it's all clear, they take it out in April. But again, it depends on, is there a surgery available? Is there nurses available? Is there an operating room available? It is a day surgery and it's not considered really high on the priority list as it can stay in your body. So in the meantime, for it to stay in your body, you have to go get it flushed once a month. And I mean, a flush is literally five seconds. They go in, they put a needle in and it, can they draw blood from it? Because if they can't, then it's plugged somewhere along the way and it's a different story. But if the flushing is just making sure they can draw blood through it. So as, as long as you have it in your body, you have to get it flushed once a month. So here's hoping April, it'll all be clear. And then I have a colonoscopy for June. Um, and then if it's all clear, then that's when they just start to decide, well, based on the growth of the tumor, what they've seen and everything, do I now go for a CT scan every year, every three years or every five years? And I mean, if it's clear then they want you every three years for the next couple of years, like times after that, and then every five years. I told my oncologist personally, I was like, I will do it every year. I do not want any surprises. Last time you told me there's nothing to worry about. And even now they're saying, there's no reason for us to believe that anything would be growing, that chemo hasn't worked and all the rest. Well, I feel like from the very beginning of this, this is what they said. Like when I was having actual symptoms, they're like, well, based on your age, 
your outlook, like you look pretty healthy, there's no reason for us to believe that it's, you know, something like cancer, like we're thinking hemorrhoids or something like that, right? So based on that experience, <laughs> they may say there's they there's nothing for them to think there is something, but I want to be sure and I want to catch things early. And I know what it's like if you're not on the list. So I say I get it every five years and then I have symptoms again. Trying to get back on takes a long time. So I want to be on their radar and I don't care if I have to have a CT scan every year and a colonoscopy every year for the rest of my life as long as I catch it early. So I keep telling my oncologist this and she's like, well, no, it's every, you know, one and then three and then five. And I don't care. I will push and I will push and advocate because the earlier they catch things, the better, right? I do not want to be in this situation ever again. And I want to catch things as early as possible. So I am right now prepared to fight to have a CT scan every year, as well as a colonoscopy every year, just to check. So that's kind of where I am. So it come, so now I'm going to jump back to about ringing the bell. So they're saying, when you're done your chemo, do you want to ring this bell and celebrate? And I'm looking and I'm torn and I'm not sure. And even to this day, I'm, I'm not sure if I did the right thing or not. But I said no, because I still have a CT scan in March. So I feel like if I ring the bell now, am I doing it prematurely? And then in March, because I'm still technically not through all of this, you know, to see if the chemo worked. And then in March, something happens. Am I only going to be back here? So I said, I was kind of trying to explain this to the nurse. And she's like, no, I totally get it. I would want to wait till my scans are 100% clear too, before I really fully celebrate. But then, so I'm, I'm so we, I thought, yeah, no, that's how I feel. <clears throat> and as I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my husband and I was like, but by not ringing it, am I subconsciously telling myself that I am going to be back here and it's not all gone? And he's looking at me, he's like, no, you're crazy. You're not doing that. But in a way, I kind of feel like maybe I am. So I'm kind of at this, I am torn and I really am. So if I don't ring the bell, right? Because I want to wait till my scans are clear. Am I basically hedging my bets being like, oh, it's not done. It's not done. And I want to tell myself, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. But if I'm not ringing the bell, am I sending myself a diff the opposite message? But if I ring the bell and I'm celebrating, I'm still not 100% done because I have that CT scan in March. And the CT scan is the big one. And I talked about this earlier, earlier on. It's the scariest test there is and the biggest one because this will tell you if it is stage four and your chances of survival become a lot less and this means you've got cancer in other parts of your body or are you clear and whether you're in remission or you're just clear for now. So it, it this is the test that really tells you how what it's going to look like. Like how is your life going to be from the next six months to a year or however long because it's either it's a yes or a no. Yes, you have it. No, you don't. So I I'm, keep telling myself there's, they have no reason. I don't have cancer. This was just precaution. The, the chemo did what it was supposed to do, even though I didn't have any cancer cells for it to mop up, but it did what it's supposed to do. And I'm going to be 100% clear in March. So if I'm 100% clear in March, I feel like then I will do my big celebration. So I haven't been overly like, yay, I'm done. Like inside, I'm like, yes, I no more chemo. This is fantastic but I'm not quite on huge celebration mode yet. So sitting there, it was kind of, it was quiet. And 
I, br- I brought them a tin of cookies because I feel like they've done so much and it's around Christmas time and they're they're exhausted. It's the same group I see all the time and they're phenomenal and fantastic and they work so hard. And so instead of ringing a bell, a lady had made, um, a previous cancer patient had made these, uh, she knitted or crocheted, I don't even know the difference because that is not me, a lap blanket. And so they said, well, why don't you go pick out a lap blanket? Like she made them all for patients and that. And again, I was like, yeah, I'm all for free things. Like if you say free and would you like it, I will always say yes. But then I'm also like, but I'm on my last round and I'm hoping I won't need it. But I want to take it because I just feel like I should take something and do something to celebrate. But again, am I taking it? Meaning like I'm going to take this and I'm going to be needing it in the future. So I'm not sure. So I took it and I, I picked the colors. I like yellows and blues. And we walk out of there and I'm like, you know what? Thank you for everything. Bye. And I told my husband, like, I hope I never have to see this place again. And he was like, yeah. And so my last treatment was on December 20th and the weather had finally started to feel like winter. So it was cold. So before that, I'd always, because of the neuropathy, I'd always, you know, worn a bigger jacket, toque mitts and a big of a scarf just because going outside afterwards, even if it's a bit chilly, you, you do feel it. But having these, having a, to wear a face mask like, actually helps because you're not breathing in the cold air. But the 20th was actually like a winter, like it felt like it could be winter. And I remember walking out and the scarf and I was like, oh my God, like it is like cold. Like I really feel the neuropathy. And now I know what it's like when they say, don't go out in the cold. So it was that sharp cold. So I, you know, I'm glad I had the scarf and the face mask and that. So I, I bundled up, I had the eye twitch. And this time my, my left eye starts twitching. And because it's so cold and it, the more it twitches, it's, it's dry because you have this dry eye, but you're trying to produce tears because so you, you, you're blinking more, you get more tears. And then all of a sudden it's twitching and then they both froze, like shut. And my husband's kind of a couple feet in front of me and I was like, um, I, I can't see. And he looks back. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, why are your eyes like squinty? And I was like, they're frozen this way. Like I, I cannot move them and I can't see. And he's like, well, that's not a good thing. And it was just because that cold weather. So I walked back to our vehicle with frozen eyes that I couldn't see. And he's trying to guide me and that. And I'm trying to be happy that I'm done. And I was like, okay, we're going to do our usual thing where we go out and have a different place to go for brunch and, and celebrate. And I didn't say this one, my last one, we went round five, we did the lazy loaf and kettle and had, I had a hot chocolate and, uh, a nice warm sandwich and they have soup and sandwiches and they're really good. And I was excited and they're really close by. So I was excited to do this again. And he was like, yeah, it's cold. So I really feel like a soup. And I was like, yeah, even like a, ch- a chowder and a bread bowl. And I was excited just to do that. And we get in the vehicle and we start driving and all of a sudden I'm like, we can't go for lunch. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I got to go to the bathroom now. Now, now, now it's like, it's hitting. And usually the diarrhea, like I said, that Monday, usually like it's awful, but it was more awful in round six. Like it was the most awful it has been. And I was like, I am not going to make it home. And he's like, well, where do you want to stop? And it's kind of like, well, every time I have to stop, if I'm going to go even use a bathroom, I have to show my cancer card because I, I don't have the full vaccination as my, um, you know, get out of jail free card, I guess, 
right? And I was like, then I have to pull that out. And I was like, and I don't have the time literally to go to my wallet, pull it out and do that. I'm like, when I say now, now. So like, I don't think he's ever driven that fast trying to get me home. And of course, when you're trying to get somewhere, you hit every red light. And I'm sitting at the red light and I'm squeezing like I have never squeezed before. And I am like, trying to think of everything else. And I'm humming random Christmas songs and he's looking over at me and he's like, are you okay? Like, and I'm like, nope, nope, just drive, just drive, just drive. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Just drive. And I, I, I don't think I made it home by the way. <laughs> Embarrassing to say, I don't think I made it home, but uh, yeah, so there goes my breakfast and, or my brunch and that. And I was very upset and I'm literally pitying, having a pity party in the bathroom, crying to myself, being like, what is wrong with me? I feel like an old lady who should be in Depends and is this my life? And I stink and all the rest. And my husband being so good, he went out to a pub and picked up food and brought it back. And so that was very, very nice of him. And I was able to get him into do some blood work because of my thing, even though we're not blood related, I was like, nope, you've got polyps in your family. You are getting blood work done. And so because blood work has been, for me, because I am, I have to have it done before I go into chemo, they they have always a few spots and they, they have to fit me in. Whereas him, he has to take whatever's available. So I think I booked his back at the beginning of November. Like that's how far ahead they were booked. So he, I could send him off to go get his blood work and he gets to take a stool sample home and, or, you know, a kit to come home and do his stool sample, lucky guy. And I was like, well, you know how it is. And I was like, hopefully from the pub, you didn't order anything with cheese. Cause I mean, my husband is lactose intolerant, lactose intolerant. Like he cannot take one lactate or two and be like, oh, now I can have dairy again. It's hit and miss. And I was like, if you're collecting a stool sample and you have to put saran wrap across the toilet seat, I was like, it's better not to have diarrhea. I was like, cause collecting it when it's nothing but juice is not fun. So he kind of gave me that glare and like, are you kidding me? And I was like, just a tip from someone who's done multiple stool sample collections. It is easier when it is more solid. So lay off the cheese and everything else for a while till you collect it. So that was my one word of advice. So again, word of advice, if you're collecting stool, it's easier to collect when solid because you put either newspaper or saran wrap across the toilet seat and that's how you collect it. Gross, but that's how it's done. So I, I came home and, and after that, I was like, after I, I was like, I just want a bath. I just want a bath and I'm tired. And the exhaustion from round five kind of carried through to round six. So, and the nurses were very, were like, that's going to be the most common symptom or side effects it does is very cumulative like you will feel it and usually they're like well don't have a bath because of the neuropathy you can't feel the bath water and also if you're in the bath too much and you kind of get that wrinkly feeling you could your bottoms of your feet could peel and all the rest but I'm like I no, I need a either a very hot shower to scald myself and it'll scald away all the self-pity and burn away everything or a very hot bath. And I really don't care because that's what makes me feel better. So I, I had one. Um, the neuropathy this time I could feel more and I don't know if it was just colder out and I could feel it more. 
And that's why, or I just because it's cumulative and I felt it more. So the tips of my fingers are numb. My nose is completely numb. And as soon as I walk outside, like all of a sudden, it's just, it goes numb. And it's like you feel it freezing. It's like a, a and so you got to, you have to cover up and keep it covered up. And the tips of my toes are, are just numb. And it's not pins and needles because I said it could be pins and needles. It's not. So I likened it and I'm going to try to like, so when I drink, if I drink something really hot and I burn my tongue, I have that feeling of pain kind of, especially if it touches things. So like it's, it's always there. It's like you feel something, but if you go to drink something or eat something, it, it hurts kind of, but you can't taste anything because it's burnt numb. And that's how the tips of my fingers feel. It's like, I feel something, but I can't really feel something. They're like that burnt numb. So I, I, I have the sensation of them but they're definitely numb. Like I cannot tell you temperatures at all. I know if I go out in the cold, I'll feel it a lot faster. So I have to be very, very careful because I can't feel those kind of temperatures in that. And I went to grate something or I was actually peeling a carrot and I, I peeled my finger without even realizing it. And then I didn't realize it later till I was washing and I could it, like, or I felt, saw the blood and it kind of stung when I was doing something. And I was like, oh, when did that happen? I was like, oh, that's when I was peeling carrots. And you don't even notice. So things they suggest are getting guards for your knives and stuff because you could do something and not even cut your hand and not even notice. So the neuropathy this time around is for the round six was definitely more intense. Um, and I mean, it's just, and it's, but it's December 20th and I'm getting close to Christmas and my mom is kind of like, what are we going to do for Christmas dinner? And I think at this point I was just like, you know what? Let's just have Christmas dinner. So far, knock on wood, I have not had any mouth sores this round. Gosh knows what I had in the last three rounds. Why not this time? I don't feel like I'm drinking more water and being healthier, especially with all the cookies around, but I will take no mouth sores. So let's just have Christmas dinner on Christmas day. And if I can eat or whatever, I'm tired we'll make it work, but let's just do it. It's just easier. And so that's what we planned. So I had something kind of like, you know, Christmas to look forward to and things like that. So that was kind of, yay, like it's Christmas, right? And the weather's definitely getting colder. So that means limits to me to going out. Um, round five and six, I didn't do any bus drop off for my son. I just, I was too tired. It was getting cooler and I could barely keep my eyes open in the morning. So my mom, fabulous as she is, she took my son to school for most of round five and pretty much round six too and picked him up I just, and took my daughter so I could just sleep. And that was excellent. And like I said, I had an uncle who helped out too, and it just helped because the exhaustion, it was just that bone tired is kind of what you felt. Um, and then, so I usually get disconnected on the Wednesday and my appointment was always for 1230 cause it's supposed to be the 48 hours. And I've kind of went over before how mine comes out early. And so we're looking at it going into Wednesday and my husband's like, it looks like it's going fast. And like, I didn't feel like I was sweating anymore, but maybe I was wearing more sweaters. Got to wear my Christmas sweater. And I was like, it, the way it's going, it's going to empty my midnight. So he set his alarm for like one in the morning to kind of check and it still hadn't gone through. And for whatever reason, because it's all based on body chemistry and temperature and that, every other round it had emptied at 5.30 in the morning. 
And this one didn't empty till 7.30 in the morning. So my stepdad is ready to pick me up. He phones. He's like, I'm coming over with your mom and we can get going. And I was like, it hasn't emptied yet. And he's like, what? And I was like, you can go back to bed. Like it hasn't. It's because he was calling about 6.30 to kind of double check because in the past, it, and I just assumed. So for whatever reason, this one emptied later. But we still, I it was still empty by 7.30, which is still a lot earlier than it was it's supposed to within that 48 hours. So I went in for my last disconnect and I had a, a young a gentleman nurse who I've had a couple other times and just talking to him and he was like, oh, it's you. And I just love disconnecting. And you know, it, you always seem so positive. And I was like, this is my last time. And he's like, what? And I just know things are going to go good for you. And just hearing him talk about that was just it just uplifted my spirits. It's great when you have someone who's just like, and for whatever reason, because as I said to every, every nurse who comes by, I'm like, is it like, you know, I'm hoping they're slipping, they're going to slip up and tell me this is the end. Like I won't need it anymore. But again, so far, not, not one nurse has slipped up, but just having someone say, I don't know how I know. I just know that this is going to be good for you. And this will be the end. I mean, with no scientific evidence or anything, but it's just kind of like, they're like, I know. And for whatever reason, I was just able to be like, good, I'm glad you do. And if you do, then that's how it's going to be. And I will put all my faith in you because you know it. And that's, you know, and I don't have to try to rely on my own feelings and thoughts. So him saying that really felt really positive. But just talking to him about how tired that it was, he was telling me it was he only had he's had four days off since September, just with the pandemic and everything and being called in and covering shifts and stuff like that. So he's really hoping to get time off at Christmas. So I could just you could just see the nurses just wanting that time off for Christmas. Um, and that. But when I left that Tom, that time from the Tom Baker, because I mean, leaving on the Monday, I knew, I guess I knew I had to come back. I just got out there, took like this big, deep breath of cold, cold air. I still had the neuropathy. I'm bundled up, like scarf, toque, everything. And I was just, after what that nurse had said, I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done and I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to just start Christmas. I, it's going to be Christmas and I, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now. So that was, it was great. Um, usually my stepdad offers to take me for like a hot chocolate and that, but I was like, I'm tired. Like I am really, really, really tired, even though I slept in. So I went, I went home and I, I napped and again, it was that Wednesday, which is how I've been doing things in the past. And then I napped all day Thursday and I napped Friday and it's Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve is, I think I like Christmas Eve more so than Christmas day. And I, don't get me wrong. Like I love Christmas. Like when I say we are fully decorated, we're fully decorated. I think I have like 12 different Christmas shirts. I listen to Christmas carols starting in like November and I listen to them all year round. And I know the words to like every single Christmas carol there is. And I love Christmas. But I almost like Christmas Eve more because the buildup, like I always feel like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day ends and it's like, oh, 
Now I have to wait another 365 days. Boo-hoo. Whereas Christmas Eve, there's still that buildup, and it's not quite Christmas, but it still is kind of Christmas. And you still are doing that family stuff, and you're getting ready for Santa and all the rest, and the magic's still there, and I just, I love Christmas Eve. So even though I kind of slept a lot of Christmas Eve and took it easy, I was just, and we were at my mom's um, for all of Christmas kind of Eve. My husband was working, but my son and my daughter and just being there and just taking it so easy, I guess, like just that, huh, like it was just that weight off felt really, really good. Um, but still not ready to 100% celebrate. So, you know, people, friends and family would kind of ask, like, oh, are, are you done yet? And then I was like, yeah, no, I finished on the 22nd. I'm like, yay, that's great, right? And I was like, kind of like, yeah, that's, but I still feel like it's, um, like I said before, like there's, there's more to come with this CT scan. So I've kind of feel like there's different stages. So it's like a first stage was, you know, having the colonoscopy and everything. Second stage was getting the surgery and all that. And then the third stage was chemo. And then I feel like there's this, these stages, so I'm not quite done yet. And even if they find nothing, it's not remission right away because the chance of reoccurrence in the first one to five years with um, uh, colon cancer is quite high. So it's not really remission. It's you just don't have cancer right now. And then after five years, if I don't, then they can say, yeah, it's in remission. So even then, if if there's nothing, I still feel like for the next how many years, I'll still be on this waiting game, just waiting for the other shoe to drop or just really more in tune, I guess, with with my body and, and side effects and just this worrying that if I'm sick or, you know, I don't have a regular poo or anything like that, that I'm like, oh my gosh, is it back? Right? Right? Like, I get, I get hot flashes, but is it because I'm going through this menopause or is it because it's back? And I feel like for the next bit, especially for the next five years, that that's where I'll be. And I'll probably be very neurotic, drive my husband absolutely batty when every time I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do I, is this something? But that's just, I feel like that's going to be my reality and I know who I am. So yeah. And, and right now after round six with Christmas, I'm in this limbo now of waiting right? So it's not quite survivorship, not quite being in the midst of chemo, not quite a cancer patient. It's this in-between stage. And I mean, there has been lots of waiting in between. And I've been lucky, as I said in the past, that when I feel like waiting, it feels like forever, but it really, in the scheme of things, has been like a couple weeks. Well, this is like going to be three months of actual waiting. And but I'm just going to focus on now and Christmas and that. And then when January comes, I can kind of focus on how do I make myself the healthiest person I can be to go into this C CT scan feeling the most healthy, the most positive, the most everything. But right now it's Christmas season and there's no way my brain's there yet. Like I, I'm still gorging. So, but January, right? I, I can wait till January. So done chemo treatments, fingers crossed for good, feeling really, really good, feeling like a weight's lifted, but still not quite ready to let everything go and be like, whoo, done, move on. Because I still feel like I'm being pulled into this in a way.
So that's, I guess that's kind of how I'm feeling right now, but I'm determined to be onwards and upwards.